Hello and welcome to Confidently Wrong, a show by regular dudes talking with confidence about content we have no right to speak about with any kind of authority, but do it anyway. I'm Wesley Nakamura, and as always, I'm joined by Mike Smith, award-winning director Brian Redondo, and Savon Jones, aka Captain Bonnie. This is episode 24, and on today's show, we talk about the season finale of Invincible, perhaps the best show on streaming right now. I'm confident that it's going to be the best show you've ever listened to, and well, hey, if it's not, you can always ask us for a refund. Um, let's move on to Invincible, uh, which is Amazon's show. We talked about this on one of our previous pods, um, but we've had a chance now to see the end of season one um, for some of us. Mike actually came around to it. He heard our last pod, and he I was like, you know what? I came that around. Sounds, well, sounds like a good show. No, just let me tell the narrative. You know, so let me create this picture. <laughs> Paint here. the it's picture. It doesn't have Sorry. to be reality. Let me shut up. Um, <laughs> God. So we, we were so compelling in the way that we talked about Invincible that Mike was like, you know what? I got to watch that show. It's the It show. I'm seeing it on, on Reddit. People are talking about it. It's in the memes. I better yeah. I better keep up with the the Joneses here. So got on the Mike started train. watching it. That's my yeah. Wi-Fi name. <laughs> keep up with the Joneses. Keep it up with the Joneses. That works. Oh that God. works. So, um, so spoilers are certainly incoming, but um, since Mike has only watched the first couple, we'll we'll get his thoughts on what we talked about last week helped inform him and how he's kind of interpreting the show right now or feeling about the show. It's really good. I mean, I think honestly, like it wasn't anything specific anyone said about it, but it was just like there's such a common thread of everything. You're killing saying, the narrative like, here, man. We were trying to build a, a thing, you know. You're supposed <laughs> to be like Brian really sold me, and okay. Well, no, you did. I mean, I think the fact is like I trust y'all's opinion, and like when everybody was saying like it's just really the overall quality of the show. That's what like sold me on what y'all were saying. It's not the individual things. It's just like. You know, every superhero show has its own kind of lens and they all kind of do their thing. And we're at a point where it's like it's just an infinite, infinitely long Venn diagram, you know, where like each show like shares at least one aspect with another show. So I'm not going to like rehash what you all said, but it's just like I think my main point and I texted you all this yesterday is the tone of it is is crazy. It's really weird to me that it works. Like it's melod like Brian put it, you know, as always put it better than I could. It was like it's like the the ultra violence combined with teen melodrama com- combined with like the Harley Quinn-esque like run of the mill like everybody's just kind of like going about their business with all this crazy stuff happening. Somehow they're able to pull it off and a lot of the show is in earnest and we haven't really got in like that outside of the MCU and we're seeing the MCU can even miss with that now but it's just like that tone is so weird that it works but it works and it's consistently so good I really don't like I just it's just baffling to me that that the show is so entertaining with like how weird it is like and not to <laughs> spoil it for any well can I spoil it like the end yeah, of the yeah. first episode we told, you we told all them that so it's so yeah. weird that like in the first episode they run the credits and then there's like ten minutes after and it's like the oh, most yeah, impact- oh, yeah. it's the most like impactful so ten minutes. But like the fight of of Omni Man killing all the people, I was sitting there like like with my mouth wide open. Yeah, like, just genu- like like genuinely. There's so shocked. many jaw drop moments on the show. 
and it's like really dramatic like that's almost like like it's has like the same tone as like anakin turning into darth vader and like killing everybody you know but it's like also that really weird crazy ultra violence but then they also they do really small things really well like the world building is really sick like the 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 little secret army thing with the invisible guys and then they come in with all the gear and stuff i'm like what like how how are you have so much time to flesh everything out? And the last thing I'll say is I said this when I was reading it, but every character, no matter how small, is an absolute heavy hitter. It's actually so weird that they have like and I said Are you talking about par- the, the, the voice actors or the characters yeah, the voice, themselves? No, no, the voice actors. I don't know anything about the characters, but like my favorite bit so far is when he has to fight the guy on the moon or whatever, and it turns out he just has a typo. And I was like, oh, I recognize yeah. that voice. And I was like, that's Ooh, fucking it's... Seth Rogen. Like, that was Seth Rogen? Yes. Yeah, dude. I realized that last I'm, I'm telling you, like, every scene, <laughs> click up on the remote just so you yeah, can see Yeah, I didn't click who. that one. Oh, I'm so like, dumb. Like, John Hamm has this recurring guy. I said I wasn't going to mm-hmm. talk about it for a long time, but it's just so cool. Who's John Who's Hamm? John Hamm on the show? The you know the security guard guy in the beginning who has oh, a son that's the son oh, that's John, John Hamm, Hamm dude yeah Jason Manzukis is actually the only one I kind of don't mess with just because it's like I can only hear him as like chaotic yeah. the guy from the league or whatever um, but like every single ca- I don't get like Julian Jacobs I realized last night dude Z- Zazzy Beats is great like all of the um, everybody in there is just like is just huge. I don't really get how they're working, but it's all good performances. So it's just And naturally like, JK Simmons just Yeah. And like so weird like for that, right? Like you wouldn't I guess it, w- it does make sense, but like and Sandra O. Oh. And yeah. then obviously yeah. Steven Yeun is just like absolutely crushing. I, I still don't know how to pronounce it. We'll talk we'll talk about right. him at the end, but geez, his his season finale VA work was just top notch. Yeah. I think he's the standout. I've never seen anything like this where it's like chaotic and like funny and tongue in cheek, but also really earnest. Like it's, it really feels like new ground and it's just like, it's really refreshing. So like, you know, subverted like the Guardians superhero of the genre. galaxy was kind of like that. I mean, it does, it's not the same, yeah, but no, you could but kind it's... of describe that as like chaotic and earnest and yeah, a little bit missing the ultra violence. Yeah. But and like, like the... you're not having like, yeah, the, the stakes weren't as high. I yeah. Feel like, or you didn't feel them as much as you do in this show, I think. Honestly, let's keep it a buck. This show, despite the campy aesthetic, is not campy in terms of how its characters interact. And that's the biggest thing. Yes. Yeah. It has a campy aesthetic, but not campy character interactions. When characters talk, they don't speak in cliches. When they're talking, these are like conversations that you could really see yourself having with your actual friends and family and peers. You just happen to be doing it in a world with interdimensional aliens and superheroes. But... <laughs> Like and that's but that's really hard to pull off compared to you know, Guardians, which is campy, but they embrace yeah, the but camp it's on not all whims- fronts. It's like not truly whimsical in the way things happen. Like with the army coming back and back, like through those portals, and then they have to go back, and then they then they come back, and then they figure out like the time loop kind of stuff. Like yeah. that would never happen in Guardians, and like all this like crazy stuff like that. So. It's just I don't know. Is there other? Is this like when did the comic come out? Like. I don't really understand the context of all this. So the comic's been out for a decent amount of time. It's yeah, I mean, Brian, you already like said it. Same dude did the Walking years, Dead. Maybe? Yeah, a lot of Walking Dead, a lot more on the show. Uh, like a lot. But Yeah, Glenn. Uh, yeah. But the yeah. biggest thing I've heard is one, a lot of the people who actually a lot of I guess the executive producers are people who well, the writer with the comic is deeply involved in the creative process. Yes. So one well, that's thing good. that's encouraging is that uh 
he has said on record that he wasn't happy with maybe how the writing and ending of the actual comic run had gone. Oh, is it wants done? To take the comic, the comic has been finished for a while. So if you're really starving for more content, you can read it. I'm not no. going to read it. I'm going to try my best. Read because... when I could watch? Were you out of your mind? No. But what I've heard is that he wasn't happy with how he did some of the ending and some of the writing. I don't, I, <laughs> I'll let y'all talk about the end, but it's just like... If anybody like listening hasn't seen it, I implore you to watch it. It is just it's just high quality. There's there's that's really a no confidently wrong see. bump. We've yeah, there you it. go. Well, yeah, it's well, greenlit yeah, for go. season like two the, and three. We all yeah, right after it's like it consistently happens. We talk about it. Things happen. You know, it's we're the deep state. Confidently of. wrong. Warrior renewed. Stamp it. Renewed. All right, I'm gonna Invincible, take my headphones greenlit. off because now I'm invested. But y'all can talk. About okay, it. we'll text you when we're done. And this will still contain spoilers now for the last few episodes of the uh, the run. You know, where we're left at the end not knowing what's happening with Omni-Man, right? Like, he disappears, and that sets up what, what should happen in season two and three. Uh, how would you guys... How did you guys feel about the last episode? For me, I was like, man, this is my favorite episode so far. It was not the most comfortable episode, but it was my most favorite. I thought, like, you were mentioning, like, Stephen Ewan's, like, work, and I thought Sandra Oh... I was like tearing up in certain places just because of how deeply you could see how hurt they were finding all of this stuff out that we knew as the audience. So we shouldn't have been shocked. But I think what they did really well was show you what that what that choice, what Nolan's choice had his effect on on his family and how how that had shattered and broken them in places that the the actors just made so accessible to us just through their voices. Right. Like, oh, yeah, the the, the cartoon drawing doesn't allow it. you to really doesn't really allow you to see that on their faces yeah. and yet it comes through in their voices and so it um, almost didn't match right there. like the animation wasn't wasn't at the level of emotion as the the voice acting in and it's still and it still just hits but it, you like still super resonated. hard yeah. yeah um and just the little like spittle though like coming out of mark just when like he was on, yeah when he's on the mountain just like he just coughed a little bit of blood to come out of his face yeah. and got gashed. that choice yeah. was like that there the animation really did play a role and i think how i felt about it but Anyways, what did you guys um, feel about it? That's the only part I wanted to say that I just thought that that like they deserve all the all the kudos, all the flowers that just those, especially those two actors. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree with you. I think the the whole family dynamic really pays off in the final fight between Omni Man and Invincible. You know, like when you hear when you hear Mark just like uh, like whimper out like Dad, like you know that that sort of that sort of moment while he's getting pummeled to death by his own father um is is really shocking and and like dismaying but also intriguing all at the same time and then when omni-man is is saying like the most outlandish things that you would never want to hear a parent say you know things like i your mother is like a pet to me what a what an insanely intense and like perverted thing to say to your kid um and and then hearing hearing Steve Yuen, hearing Mark react to that and, and mm -hmm. try to like convince himself like and convince his dad that this you know this is not you um so you know this all of this is wrong but like I know I also have to stop you and I'm trying to I'm trying to um kind of understand like what's going on and process everything that you're telling me now cuz you're flipping my world upside down yeah, um, it, but J.K. Simmons, even the way he delivers it is so unique, right? You could have overplayed that and turned him into a really like 
a villain of like the 10th degree, right? Or like the, you know, the hundredth degree by just making him sneer it, right? Like you sniveling humans, da, 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 right? Like we've seen that villain version of that villain thousands of times, right? Like the, uh, who's hair. Is it Hera? The sister of, Oh, Hela, Hela, the sister of like, um, Thor of Loki and Thor, right? Yeah. She has that, like just sneering, like disdain for, for humankind. Loki does that in, in Avengers, but it's not that way, right? For, for, for Omni-Man, you can really feel that he's, the way he delivers it is is very different, but the same. I, you know, like it's the yeah, same. Yeah, he's words. conflicted, and and he's also a little bit more matter of fact too, right? Like, he's, yeah, he doesn't seem it's not that sneering. Yeah, like, just condescension. It's just like, oh, you like, don't matter. Like, what? So one thing the show does throughout the season that I really have kind of noticed as a theme, and I hope to continue this theme, is the idea of perception of time. And mm, they do yeah. like so with Red Rush, the speedster character, they have a throwaway line about how time is super, super dilated to him. So, you know, and, it, and it's obviously meant to drive home his death at Ani Man's hands. Like, yo, that was like for a second. But for him, that was awful. And then you have these interdimensional aliens who come into the dimension, but their time is so different that seconds feel like years and they age out. And there's a whole bit with that. And then you go to the character, the immortal, who is implied to just have live ridiculous amounts of lifetimes and then you have omni-man who is functionally immortal relative to us and you know that line really hits home when he tells mark this has been a speck in my lifetime you don't know me like that was it was it was an interesting take because as cruel and sadistic and evil as he is it uh, to us it makes sense like there is a sense it's more of a nihilistic it, it feels more like a just matter-of-fact nihilism than a cruel I'm here to make y'all suffer, even though exactly. he is actively doing that. And it's a weird, it doesn't make him like, you know, good or, you know, it doesn't make him, it's just a very interesting take on that because it's a different brand of evil and callousness. It's more of a not, I don't know. It was very, it was just very interesting to see him just so casually really just stepping on humans like ants and not even giving it a moment's thought. But you're like, yeah, dude's 500, hundreds of years old. This really ain't deadly to him. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. It's his perspective is, you know, is relative to his circumstances. Yeah. He, like he actually he thinks he's he's doing something benevolent. And, you know, we've seen other villains do something or have that same kind of mindset. But, um, you know, but in the grand scheme of of what of how he's looking at the universe, um, these things are in some ways insignificant. And, and you can you can kind of imagine that. Um, and so, like, when he says. You know, he says to Mark, like, I could just make another one of you. You know, what's that? It's like another 17 years. And that's nothing to him. Um, but for, you know, somebody who's going to live for thousands of years or something, uh, that that could kind of be understandable. And it, it's such an interesting, nuanced take. And, and it's all part of this kind of crazy world within Invincible or crazy universe within Invincible that I think makes it, like, really shine. One thing about this episode, uh, I'll say, and Wes, this is kind of building on you saying not the most comfortable, even though it was your favorite. I'm someone who I'm not really bothered by, like, violence and gore. Uh, this show, that episode made me visibly uncomfortable multiple times. And I really was trying to think of why is this hitting differently than other stuff? I've seen plenty of shows where people get blown to bits and murdered and killed and all of this and... I don't know, maybe y'all can help me answer this, but what is it about this show that's making it hit home different in a way that other shows haven't, especially for an animated one? Do y'all have any thoughts on that? 
Yeah, I don't I think part of it is they're not they're not just doing it for the shock and awe value. They're they're really doing it to uh show just how how high the stakes are, how how severe the damage is, like how how much pain there is um for for the protagonist, for the main characters, but then also you know to to get us to think about you know what kind of damage are are super powered beings able to even accomplish right and so i think they you know with uh mark being used as as like a weapon against uh the train coming through and all the passengers being maimed as they're running through mark uh you know that that level of violence it you know it, it's not just to to freak us out it's also to show like oh these are everyday people who are now becoming um kind of like helpless victims to such a a, a catastrophe to such an act of terror um and uh you know i, I think I, I think because we're we're kind of invested in the individual characters and and we know that mark feels the pain of all those people all those people who are suffering and dying as a result of of the fight, uh, we as an audience also feel that sting, um, and and other shows don't do that. Other other shows, you know, kind of treat violence kind of callously, and they're like, "Well, look at look at the crazy uh, maiming that we can do to this character, or something like that." But I, you know, I think kind of a good analogy, um, in some ways, is, is Game of Thrones. Not all the violence in Game of Thrones. I think some of it in Game of Thrones is is kind of excessive, but some of it is also very poignant you know like when they when the entire stark family got murdered at the red wedding like it, it was super extreme um but it also kind of told you like where this series is at and what's at stake like the the people that you love on the show can die the heroes will die and die in awful ways too um, and I think something similar is going on here with Invincible, even though it, I, I think it's it's a more earnest show for me. Maybe it didn't bother me more than than other, you know, things of violence. But I do think when the innocent like the civilians, not call them innocents, the, the civilians are getting just obliterated in their fight. I think there's just so many layers there. One, it's like you're not used to seeing the collateral damage in superhero fights. And it's not that other shows haven't done that, right? Like Batman v Superman talks about that quite a bit. But there's an aspect of like you're used to seeing like cars fly out everywhere, but like the people scatter before the cars actually land on them, right? And that doesn't happen here. There's in there's in there's in a feeling of futility when he's trying to save the mom and the, the daughter, the right? Mm -hmm. In the building. And not only does he not save them, you'd have to imagine now, given what we saw right before that, that like the whole building is filled with people. And so these are not the only two people that he didn't save. There's actually maybe hundreds of people in this building that he didn't save. And there wasn't any way for him to save them anyways. And right. And so there's this like futility of he has no choice, no choices here that actually work out. Yeah, I guess it's like Omni-Man is so powerful that like no matter what Invincible wants to do intention wise, Omni-Man is powerful enough to impose his will to where you aren't going to be able to save these people and you trying to save it is going to backfire because now Omni-Man's going to actively try and like when he saved the guy in the jet and I, and the dude was like, oh, I almost made it. And Omni-Man just makes a point of like, okay, well now I'm going to kill him specifically because you saved him to really drive this home. And like, because those deaths really like hit me hard because you see big characters die all the time. Oh, but, yeah. But I was just sick. Yeah, but watching Omni-Man just do it so 
casual, you know, when the people after the subway, when he steps on the rock and it's just a person beneath it, and it's like a kid with a magnifying glass, and it was shout out to them because I think a lot of that can end up being shock value that you end up wanting to watch for the blood and gore. But when I tried to rewatch that episode, I was still visibly uncomfortable. Like I was just sitting there, just actively cringing. But if anything, that's a testament to how well they did it because clearly they want you to be uncomfortable and. Because you right. want there to be a way that the heroes can save things and save the day. It's like, yo, dude, Omni-Man is like the boss right now. The people are going to die. The question is how many? And that's kind of like, yeah. that's a hard pill to swallow when you still think about the tone and nature of the show and all these fun, fantastic characters. Yeah. I think we're also like hopeful that Omni-Man is going to have a Darth Vader moment where he comes around and becomes Anakin again, right? Like you're still holding out hope. And yet he continues to do these things that are, um, you know, unspeakable. Uh, and and he's convinced that, like, this is actually what he needs to do to teach Mark this lesson, right? And so there's all these things around, like, God, this guy is so messed up. And yet, like you said, we have enough context now for what his life is like when he explains to Mark, like, this is what it is on Viltrum. That, like, you're like, oh, I see why you think about things this way. And to you, this makes total sense. Omni-Man doesn't feel bad for these people that are dying on the subway at all, right? Like... That's not in his register of, of things that he should think. And yet we do think that he should have that already, right? He's been on Earth for this long. He knows how people feel. And he can he can somewhat relate to them. I don't think he fully relates, obviously. but um, And he just still doesn't. Much like Mark, because again, where a lot of us are seeing is from, you know, we don't know Omni-Man's life. We just know Mark's life. Mm-hmm. We don't know him. That's what this yeah. episode dri- like really drove right. home. And when he said, well, I you think don't we know, know him me, more now. I think we know him more now. Like, we know him, but we don't know him at the same time. Yeah, we have to question everything we've seen. Yeah, like, now mm-hmm. we know him in a sense of he's revealed his true nature, but now it also means that, yo, we don't even really know what that true nature is. We just know that it's malevolent. And that's, you know, like, that makes sense. If someone's hundreds of years old and you've only known him for 17 years and that's all you've known, you don't know that person. We, um... We're we're trying to understand we're trying to understand Omni Man now, knowing this new context, um, and Omni Man himself uh, shows shows kind of like different uh, different motives during the course of the episode, right? Like he you know he wants to do what's right for Viltrum. Um, he also thinks he's they're going to be sort of benevolent masters to the earth and and bring prosperity and health and peace and all of that. Um, he's also trying to teach Mark a lesson uh, about not taking this seriously and not being prepared and, you know, not being a good Viltrumite. Um, and so he, he's punishing Mark uh, and, and making a point at the same time. But then he's also grappling with what Mark is telling him that, hey, you're you're my dad. Like, I know you. You're not this. And and we we see it in the flashback uh, with Nolan, with Omni-Man, uh, thinking about the time when Sandra O's character had to kind of bring him back down to earth level and look at look at his own son as his son as 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 a being that he would love and care for um as a human and not not as a viltrumite um and so i, I think all those things omni man is is grappling with and you know he ultimately leaves he he doesn't finish the job with and we don't know what Mark. kind of pressure he's on from Viltrum. We haven't seen any of his communications with that, right? Maybe he is also having issues, not issues. Maybe there is some sort of communication and pressure there as well or expectation there that he's feeling. Yeah, 
Uh, so he might be a deserter. Well, we know what he did was unprecedented. Like they drove, they really drove that home. Oh like, yeah, yeah. With they, the investigator coming. Yeah, in they, they the drove inspector. home that what Omni Man did was something that has never happened. Like, like whoa! Like right. the dude was visibly like, what? That don't make a lick of sense. That's like a tiger yeah. running away from a stake. Like, yeah, this doesn't even. This doesn't make any sense. Why are we doing this? So it'll be it'll be interesting. One thing I want to say with Invincible, I want us to talk about a little bit because we've talked a lot about Omni Man and him. I'm really excited for when they said, hey, what's next? And they just pointed out all these other side arcs. Oh, that was so dope. Because I'm I'm just so excited. Because those are just going to be fun things to watch happen as we clearly wait for whatever happens with the Viltrumites. The Mars Hmm. storyline, Battle Beast still being in play, Titan, the underground dude. Yeah, who were the underground dudes? I don't remember that. He was the guy who was fighting uh, Eve and him in the mountains, and he was bouncing around with his side. Oh, he fell into right, the right, crater. Right, right. But I'm really excited for how they're going to do that and the stuff with Cecil's character. Wait, can I tell you my sister's theory on them? With the mo- the, Go for the, it. The, the, the with all people? the side characters? No, all the side characters. Yeah. I think, I agree. I think I'm going to agree with it. Go. She thinks that they're going to have to unite in order to fend off the to fend off the Viltrum attack that's coming. Mm, good theory. And and that makes sense with Battle Beast. I think if you can get Battle Beast on your side and you can get convince him that like hey, you have a challenger that is worthy of your like time, then he would be into it. Is so that could work. What I was thinking was that this whole season was about Mark being a little bit immature about becoming mm-hmm. a hero um and wasn't prepared to face his father right so na- so now his sure, dad leaves leaves <laughs> leaves the picture um we'll we'll see if Bronny james holds up we'll see <laughs> um so now his dad leaves the picture and he's he's left to be the hero of earth and face off against all these different threats that they uh, kind of flash to and okay. i feel like it's going to become a huge or a long drawn out training montage where you know uh, he has to mature over time against all these other lesser threats to you know finally climb uh culminate uh in the Viltrumites coming to earth and him having to deal with his father once again as a new person that that's my take i like the idea though of season 2 maybe being more around him trying to unite everybody or figuring out a way to do that because they have made a big deal about family and team especially yeah. through the guardians of the globe, mm-hmm. but also just him and his mom, right? Like, and how they have to like, just, they are a family and they work together. Um, and Adam, Adam Eve doesn't have that, right? And she's missing that. And Mark is sort of assembling his own little family, right? He's got now um, Amber on his side. He has Adam, or, uh, Eve. He has um, the best friend. I forget his name, William, William. or something. Um, so I, I think it could be good if that, like his maturation process in order to face his dad is not a physical one, but it's actually an exercise in leadership. And yeah. how he's actually going to unite all of these different groups together, realizing that like the survival of Earth actually means the survival of all these other groups. And of course, they're not going to be into it at first. I don't know. So I think that. Yeah, I, li- cool, I like yeah. that. He's not going to be yeah. the same kind of hero. He'll have to be invincible in spirit, not body. He's going to be our Sam Wilson. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> all right. Should we finish there? You got a f- closing thought? Uh, my closing thought quickly is that the. Terror, the, what, are the, what are the twins' name? Was it the Terror Twins? Not the Terror Twins. Why am I the blue guys? Mahler, Mahler twins? The, dang, Mahler. Why am I getting Terror? That's from Young Justice. Sorry. Uh, the Mahler twins are dope, and they are going to get some type of redemption arc. And I, I that's my theory. They 
clearly aren't malicious and their technology is clearly super important and i think their cloning technology is going to also be very important with moving forward in the plot because hmm. the show also why did, established why did they that no one's blow up equal. their lab yeah why did they blow up their lab and then get arrested i didn't understand that maybe that's not the question for this let's just keep going um uh, closing thought closing i'm thought. so happy this show got renewed not just for the next season but the next two seasons and here's hoping that amazon increases their budget animation fivefold so we can get some better freaking animation because some of it in that final episode were really shaky and i could spot it every time they need to get on par at least with the legend of Korra uh and beyond because that show is old no but i don't think they can now like if you completely change the visual style of it, people are gonna be like, "This isn't." Well, you the can same still show. do the same style, but just have better animations. Like you can still just we'll have see. more frames and just more drawings per second. That's yeah, purely. We'll I, I don't need to see the cutout float across yeah. the screen. No, for what it's worth, I watched a YouTube video that was like talks about animation, good and bad animation for this YouTube channel, and they talked about how like the issues with that show are a hundred percent time and budget. So literally, just if you have more money and time, it's just gonna be objectively better. I don't know. It might. It might take you out of it you might no be like, way. this is not the show no. i'm used to watch i'm not gonna be upset gonna be if they make off. the animations better legend right, of Korra, right. it's dope for a reason thanks <laughs> all right friends well let's wrap up our show there um hit us up on our social media accounts twitter instagram at confidently underscore pod leave us a comment leave us a review tell your friends about our show um if you're digging the falcon and the winter soldier or you're digging invincible um we all love the show so we would love to talk to you about it just remember mike hasn't finished all of them yet so don't spoil it for him uh don't forget to visit all of our sponsors like amazon and comfy and of course none of these people actually sponsor us but we're gonna get big one day guys one day we're out bye 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 yeah